Welcome back, everybody. Uh, Sarcasm Speaks, Jared and Bob here. Uh, it is uh, earlier on a, on a Sunday, pre-Super Bowl for us. Um, obviously, this episode is going to come out tomorrow, post-Super Bowl. So um, I do want to talk a little bit about football in general and sports betting, but I will try not to spend too much time just about the Super Bowl and the game itself. Because, uh, like I said, by the time this comes out, the game's going to be over. <laughs> so... Um, more so just sports betting and and football in general. Uh, I got a couple gripes here, uh, starting out with the gate. Um, I think, let me start with BetMGM. Uh, I'll go there because I also have a, a gripe with the state of Massachusetts, but I will start with BetMGM. Um, so you and I were talking about this uh, a few days ago that Obviously, if you've been following the show long enough, you know we both enjoy golf. We we play a lot. We watch it a lot. Uh, although you are, <laughs> I don't souring. fucking enjoy it anymore. Yeah, you're souring on the. I pro do not game. fucking enjoy professional golf <laughs> one bit. I also don't know why the fuck I have jaundice right now, but yeah, okay, your screen fixed. You got some sort of like auto correct. Yeah, it's an auto thing. something, and it's fucking stupid. It's the Joe Rogan CNN filter. Um, so, BetMGM. For those that aren't aware, right, it's one of the major, you know, sports books, it, legal sports books in the United States. Uh, for the most part, I think the two biggest ones are DraftKings and FanDuel when it comes to mobile sports betting, right? I know obviously there's Circa and um, Superbook, right, and in Vegas and all those places, but those, those probably, truthfully, they probably aren't as big anymore. Well, true, yeah, because they're, be they're all better, but being not mobile bigger. allows for a wide. You can cast a wider net, right? Because Vegas, there's only a couple instances where the Vegas books exist outside of Vegas. Right, right, yeah. That's, like you can only bet the superbook in Vegas. Yeah, I think right? Circa like, might have a casino in Colorado. Okay, and like I think I heard the South Point might have something somewhere, maybe Illinois. I don't really know, but like that's what we're talking about, like. Caesars, though they're they're a mobile. Yeah, Caesars is everywhere. Yeah. So, um, as far as that goes, right for legal, because I know we we got some international listeners here. But uh, as soon as we get, um, I'm sorry. As far as as legal regulated sports books go in the country, the big ones are DraftKings, FanDuel, BetMGM, and Caesars. Um, those are your top four. And I know there's points bet and some of those other guys, right? Like, you know, but the the bigger ones, the the top four are those four. And when it comes to betting, right, for the longest time up until, you know, a few days ago, um, when we would bet on golf, right? If you're going to uh, place a top 10 or a top 20, whatever kind of uh, finishing place bet, you would want to place that bet on BetMGM. The reason being is all of the other sports books, in the, the major sports books at least, have a rule called dead heat. Um, so what dead heat rules are is if there is a tie for a position, like in golf, um, or it's rare, but it, it happens sometime in racing. Uh, it's, not, it's not the same, but mostly in golf. Um, that bet is chopped up by the amount of people. So what does that mean? Here's an example. If I bet Justin Thomas to finish top 20 this weekend and he finishes T18, 
with five other guys. That T18 crosses from 18 to 23, right? So if anybody in that group of that group of five, you bet it to finish top 20, that bet now gets chopped five ways, right? So say what you want. If you think it's a dumb rule, that's fine, but it's the rule that the sports books make, right? So you could have, you know, you could have three guys actually finish tied for 20, or like I said, you can have five guys finish T18, right? And because it crosses 20, theoretically, one of those guys would be 23rd, right? One of them will be 18. Like it is, it just is what it is. That's how they do it. So if you bet Justin Thomas, and I'll use even numbers here at plus 100, right? Even money, bet $10 to win $10. Um, and you take him top 20 and he finishes T18 with five other guys, that plus 100 odds, that normal $10 payout now is a $2 payout because you chop the winnings five ways, right? That's what dead heat rules are. That's what that means. So anyone out there is like, well, that's kind of dumb. Yeah. Yeah, it is pretty dumb. Uh, so what BetMGM has done for the longest time is they have a, they had a rule called ties paid in full. Right, they were the only major sports book that paid their ties in full. What does that mean? In the same scenario, Justin Thomas T eighteen to top twenty with five other guys. If it was a ten dollar bet to win ten dollars at plus one hundred, you get paid ten dollars. Right, there is no splitting. There's no chopping. There's nothing. So to counter that, right, their odds were a little bit worse. So. To account for that, right? Because the book's not just going to give money away for nothing. So if on every other sports book, Justin Thomas to finish top 20 was plus 100, then maybe at BetMGM, it might have been minus 115, right? So that's, you have to bet $11.50 to win 10. So you get worse juice, right? Worse odds, but the bet is paid to you in full. In the case of a tie, you still get paid $10. You don't get paid $2, right? So recently, I discovered that BetMGM did away with their rule of ties paid in full. They have now joined every other major sports book in applying dead heat rules to their ties. So I officially now have zero use for BetMGM. They can pound sand. I don't care about them at all. I, I told you my my balance in that account dropped down to zero after last golf season. Um, and I will not be depositing more money into that account because truthfully, of of the the four majors, I don't have a Caesars account, but of the three other ones, I think BetMGM has the worst user interface of them all. Um, it's not super like player yeah, you friendly. You need to get on Caesars then. It's it's even worse. C Caesars' app is from my phone. Caesars' app is the hardest one to uh, use. So I will definitely not be adding a Caesars. Then I will stick to FanDuel and DraftKings, which are. The biggest two, the easiest two to use, right? The easy user interface, everything is there, everything what you need. Um, and it's also where all of my money is that's in these betting accounts. So uh, yeah, fuck bet and GM. I'm all set with them.
So I'm they're thinking about getting rid of DraftKings the other day. They just, they just, they have by far the worst odds. It sucks. Yeah, there's so certain like I, things. I, I have the most money in it, but like, but again, every time I go to place a bet, their yeah. odds are their odds are worse. So I never, I never place any bets on DraftKings. I think their basketball is good. Oh, there you have it. I don't bet basketball. Uh, so one of the not yesterday, but I think last Saturday when I was driving to Market Basket, I was listening to um, the I don't know what they're called. They're not the Bankroll Boys anymore because it's Dan Lifshatz and Ken, uh, Kendra Middleton. Um, but they were on. They they're still on Saturday mornings, and I think Lifshatz was talking about how sometimes DraftKings can be the sharper book which obviously means you're going to get worse odds, right? For certain things. If, if something is sharper, the, the odds aren't going to be as good. And FanDuel for certain things is not as sharp. Um, so then you can, you know, you can get away with better odds or a better number on something, right? Like for example, I sent this to our group text this morning um, and this doesn't matter because this will come out tomorrow, but, and no one from FanDuel listens to this anyway, but all of the Travis Kelsey receiving yard props or the total right for the Super Bowl tonight is 69 and a half yards across the board. I think Caesars might have it at 70 or 70 and a half, but the general consensus is 69 and a half yards. DraftKings, um, BetMGM, PointsBet, all those guys, whatever. FanDuel has the number set at 72 and a half. Right. So that's three extra yards that you're getting on there. So if you, and this is something that, you know, Sammy P talks about occasionally, he did in this last episode that I listened to. Um, he talks about why it's important to look at an odds board to see like where things are trending, where things are currently, and see if there's any value. So, you know, you might sit there and say, it doesn't matter. I think Travis Kelsey is going to go over 72 and a half yards anyway. And if that's the case, fine, but like go bet him at the 69 and a half, right? Because you're just in case you get those three yards of protection. Um, but in that instance where that is across the board, again, general consensus, 69 and a half yards is the number. One book has it at 72 and a half. That's going to peak most people to say, oh, I'll hit the under, you know, I'll take the under 72 and a half because you're getting value there. Right. And that's that's an instance where FanDuel isn't as sharp, right? Because again, for people that don't know betting, sharp means it's closer to the real number, what it could potentially be. Right. So like if you and I were just going to set random odds for something, they're not going to be very sharp, right? Because we are not Vegas wise guys, right? Like we might by the luck get pretty close, but like over a large sample size, we're not going to be sharp. Right, because we are not sharps. <laughs> it's just what it is. Um, so yeah, like that's something that I will look at throughout the day. Like I'll probably check, you know, maybe every hour or so, maybe every hour and a half to to see what the number does on FanDuel and if it moves in either direction. Uh, so what Sammy P talks about is wait if you're going to take an under, take right the under kickoff. right before kickoff um, because the number might go up. Now, if I look at Noon. On star on star players, right? So if I look at noon today and the FanDuel number is down to like seventy two or seventy one and a half, 
I mean, again, I'm, I'm not, I'm not this like, oh, this point, whatever, much of value, whatever. But like, I'm probably not going to bet the under, right? So if the number moves down, I'm not going to take it. But if it stays at 72 and a half, or if it goes up to 73, I'm going to bet, I'm 1000% going to bet the under. Now, again, someone might be listening to this and be like, well, that's stupid. Like Travis Kelsey obviously is going to have, you know, 87 yards and three touchdowns. I don't know. Is it that obvious? Because he if, might not. If it, happen, if it happens, it's obvious. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's, again, where this is going to come out tomorrow. People listening to this are going to, you know, you're, you're going to have the conclusion of whether or not it was the right bet. Um, but it's things like that that I don't even want to call them professional betters because I like, no, Sammy P is not, better, not a, he's not a professional, professional bettors better. don't professional betting is so fucking far off of what even so. So I hope Dan Lifshatz's his mental health is fucking come around. That guy does not know what the fuck he's talking about. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like the more I've paid attention to him, he has, he does not have a fucking clue. Like DraftKings is not a fucking sharp book because every other line is minus 110 and they put it at minus 112. That doesn't make them fucking sharp. It makes them fucking cheap. <laughs> that's all it is. Yeah. Like, like that's all they're doing. Like they take whatever the side is and they, they lay a worse number. And it's like, oh, well, you know, they're sharper than everybody else. No, they're not because they're not a Vegas book. Right. Like, they're not Circa. When Circa lays minus 112, people pay a fuck attention. Right. Or the Westgate or whatever. DraftKings is fucking cheap and recreational, and anyone that's remotely good, they fucking kick out. And they limit their action. Yeah. So what? I don't know what the fuck. I don't know where the fuck he comes up with this. This is why I stopped following him because between his takes on like actual gameplay in sport and like his takes on gambling, they just went with like they just fucking fell off a cliff at one like one day. And I don't I don't know if everything's okay with him. It doesn't sound it. So I hope. Yeah, he's I know like, he was going through some shit a while ago. Yeah. So I hope like he's getting the help he needs, or it's you know that part is passed. But like. He th- and, and then this this was the other thing was his takes were fucking crazy and he's the only he's the only guy that knows anything the only yeah. one yeah he's the only guy that knows anything about sports betting right and it's like dude you're these takes are out of control DraftKings is the sharpest book get the fuck out of here <laughs> DraftKings is far and away the most fucking recreate well, them and FanDuel 1A 1B right right by far, far and away, the most recreational. Bet MGM and Caesars are more legitimate books than those two. <laughs> and so is probably fucking points bet. But yeah, we don't we don't have points bet or bet rivers or you bet or bet three sixty five. We don't have those here, right? And ESPN bets a joke. I'd never even downloaded the app. Yeah, them dumb. or or win. I never used either yeah. one. Yeah, no. Um. But yeah, I'm like, yeah, and everyone, and then everyone's like, oh, well, the pros, the pros, the pros, the pros don't fucking do this either. Right. The pros are betting on shit at fucking 2 a.m. in fucking Malaysia. Like, (laughs) you want to talk an odds, like, they're they're the ones grabbing an odd screen because the number moved where they think it should move before everybody else, and they run in and fucking grab it, and hopefully they can get it into another spot, too. Like, right, right. 
those are professionals. I forget. There's a new term that people are starting to use. It's like a like a rec semi, sharp, a semi pro. <laughs> no, like a rec, like a a recreational sharp. Yeah. Or something that's like not quite pro, but not quite completely recreational either. Yeah. So that would be. Would you consider that to be like an Ian Mac or a Sammy P? Yeah. Yeah, like those guys, like they're they're very into it, right? But they're not professional, and they'll tell you they're not professional too because they get it, right? They know they're not professional. Like Ian says it all the time. He goes, "I am not a professional better, but like I write about I write about sports betting for a job. Like that is my profession, but I am not a professional better." Well, he actually bets too because the people that just the people that write about it doesn't mean shit. Right. Right. So, um. Yeah, like I said, so something like that to keep an eye on. The other thing that I thought was interesting too, which I know I already sent to you, but um, they're just different types of like trains of thought that I never would have thought of myself, right? So anyone, again, that knows football knows that most often the team that wins the Super Bowl, the quarterback is more often than not going to win the MVP, right? I know... Um. Ray Lewis won it in 2006, seven, whenever they won, whenever they 2000. won. Two, yeah, 2000. But oh, when did they win the second time? Uh, 2000. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think Flacco won that. Flacco though. won that one. Okay. Yeah. Go oh, right. Cause Ray retired after that game. I think that's what it was. Yep. Um, so there's been a few people, right. And then obviously like with the, the Patriots, Dion branch won, in 04, Julian Edelman won uh, the Falcons, the Falcons time. I think that was what, 17 or 18? Um, yeah. So I think, he, I think he, I think he won the Rams one, but yeah. Um, oh yeah. Cause they, it was Brady because they wanted to give it to James White. Should have gave it, give it. To yeah. James and White. they gave it to Brady and Brady gave James White the truck afterwards. He was like, As I don't he need did this from shit. Malcolm Butler too. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, more often than not, it's going to be the quarterback, right? So something to look at is right now on most books, the money line for the Kansas City Chiefs is even money, right? Plus a hundred. Some I think DraftKings might be plus one hundred eight. Uh, you know, there's, there's... no, they're probably minus one hundred eight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because they're cheap fucks. Uh, but mi- most, they're, no, no, they're probably minus one hundred two. Yeah, yeah. Because they, they got to have that two cents of juice. Most books are right around even money for a Chiefs money line. However, if you look at Super Bowl MVP odds, Pat Mahomes is somewhere between plus 125 to 145. So again, that's, you know, bet $100 to win 145, right? On plus 145 and even money plus 100 is bet 100, win 100. Um, so the thought process would be, Well, if you really think the Chiefs are going to win the game, the better payout would be on Pat Mahomes to win MVP because you could get Pat Mahomes to win MVP at plus 145, or you can get the Kansas City money line at even money, right? So that I thought was really interesting. Obviously, hey, it's a gamble, right? (laughs) You're taking a chance that no one else is going to win, but the odds are tilted extremely in the quarterback's favor to win Super Bowl MVP, right? Like we saw again in the Falcons game, James White, I think I heard, accounted for like 20 points 
in that game just by himself and Brady still won the MVP. Right. And like you said, the Malcolm Butler thing, like, you know, barring uh, a 16 to six win by Kansas City and Chris Jones has four sacks and two deflected passes and he wins MVP. Right. Like barring something like that, um, it's probably going to be Mahomes. Because even if Travis Kelsey goes off, right, even if Travis Kelsey catches like, you know, 135 yards and three touchdowns, well, theoretically, Pat Mahomes is going to have, you know, 400 passing yards and maybe four or five touchdowns, right? So what's more impressive? It's it's always going to go to the quarterback, um, again, most often. So that's something that I thought was super interesting. Um but again, you do run the risk of, you know, the weird scenario where the quarterback doesn't win. But, you know, I think on the Chiefs side, it makes more sense because the 49ers side, Brock Purdy is plus 235 or plus 240 in some places to win the MVP. And it's like, okay, well, you have to ask yourself if the 49ers win this game. Is Brock Purdy going to be the reason why? Is he going to be able to put up enough stats for them to win the game? And it's like, oh, I don't know, because it could be Christian McCaffrey as well, right? So Christian McCaffrey to win MVP is plus 450 on FanDuel, I think. So, you know, then it's like, I don't know. I don't know what to do. So I actually did this this morning. And I so I hedged both ways. I took Pat Mahomes to win MVP at plus 150. I think I got it at. Um, let me pull up my my action network here. So, yeah, I got Pat Mahomes at plus 150. So I put again. I'm not a I'm not a big time better here, and plus I also have a lot of bets going, so I'm not going to bet extraordinary amounts of money on these anyway. Um, so I put. $20 on Pat Mahomes at plus 150 to win MVP. And then I put 10 bucks on Christian McCaffrey at plus 450. So my thought, right, is Pat Mahomes, if, if the Chiefs win, Mahomes is the MVP. You know, that's a, that's a plus of uh, 55 bucks, right? And then if you subtract the $10 that I lost on McCaffrey, I net $45, right? So if Pat Mahomes wins the MVP, I net 45 bucks. On the flip side, if Christian McCaffrey wins MVP, that pays out 55. And then minus the 20 that I put on Mahomes, that nets out 35, right? So hopefully you don't have a popsicle headache after that and you're able to follow along. But basically... If the Chiefs win and Mahomes gets the MVP, I I win 45 bucks. And if the 49ers win and McCaffrey gets the MVP, I win 35 bucks. Now, if Brock Purdy wins the MVP, then I get nothing. I lose $30, right? It's a $30 investment um, gone. But it's gambling, right? This is this is the risk you take. Um, I looked at it just through my own thoughts, right? What is more likely to happen? And I think that if the 49ers win the game, it's probably more likely to me that Christian McCaffrey would have better statistics than Brock Purdy. Again, I could be wrong, right? Again, you guys all know this 
when you're listening to this because this is coming out later. So just something to like thrown out there after listening to uh to Sammy P and and the guest he had on it was Eric something the other day and just kind of like different ways to look at betting other than you know the money line, right? So um oh the la- one more thing this is this is about sports betting in general and this is more about Massachusetts um fuck Massachusetts and the sports betting rules because they had a rule what you said it to me the other day the rule is what you can only bet on gameplay things or things dire- that things that directly are correlate. involved or directly affect gameplay yeah yeah so anyone out there all the fun bets to make like you know um how many times are they going to show taylor swift on the screen what color is the gatorade going to be what's what's the coin flip going to be heads or tails like all of those can't bet on them can't bet on massachusetts it's fucking dumb how long the over under on the national anthem right like just things like that like it's just can't bet on them in massachusetts because massachusetts is no fucking fun so I mean, I don't know even, I mean, if I had to assume the thought process behind it is those things are more easily fixed, I suppose, right? If you wanted to make that argument, but you know how much more money the state would bring in if they allowed people to bet on those things? So I don't know. And I guess you can't really make an exception for one game, or maybe you could. Right, maybe you say the Super Bowl is the only time we allow these things. That's what most books don't offer it. Otherwise, yeah, you're right, right. But like, I don't know. It's fun, and my personally, right. Shout out to mybookie.com, uh, sponsor of the show. Uh, use the promo code SarcasmPod when you sign up to uh, double your first deposit. My bookie has all those odds. Right, again, they're offshore. Yeah, but the offshore you, books have everything. If you want to bet color of the Gatorade, length of the national anthem, coin flip heads or tails, anything like that, you go use my bookie. Um, But you can't do it if you live in Massachusetts. Which is really fucking stupid. Because again, you're just opening up more money, right? And I'm a little bit more salty on this because I went, I had a streak of I think it was three out of five years where I hit on the color of the Gatorade. So not going to happen this year because I'm not going to deposit in my bookie just to make prop bets, right? And I'm not going to, you know what I mean? Like I'm going to deposit, hit him or or miss him, right? Hit him, get money, and then what? I just withdraw again. Um, so... No fun prop bets for me this year. Thanks, Massachusetts, you bunch of fucking losers. Um, all right, I guess real quick, what do you do? You have any uh, any thoughts on the game, just in general itself? Chiefs. Yeah. Chiefs. That's it. Yeah. I think it's probably going to be the Niners. Should but, be the Niners, but it yeah. won't be. Yeah. Um, all right. So I guess we'll see. We'll see if by the time you guys are listening to this, you know 
who's right, who's wrong. <laughs> um, sticking with the sports theme, um, I saw this come out the other day, and it's kind of interesting, but also kind of infuriating at the same time. So the uh, just a few days ago, <clears throat> ESPN, Fox, and Warner Brothers Discovery announced that they were all banding together to create a new app, a new streaming app designed specifically for sports. So the app, it doesn't have a name yet, um, but it's going to be unveiled in the fall. So you're going to be able to purchase a subscription to this app and you'll have access to most sporting events. Right. I think I forget they said statistically, I think it was like about 50%, right, of sporting events. So I look at that and I say, well, that's fucking dumb. Like, why, what benefit does this provide if I'm only able to access half of all the live sports? Now, if you're someone that only likes basketball, then this is great. You can probably cancel your cable subscription get the streaming service because uh, Warner Brothers Discovery owns TNT and TBS. So you can watch all the NBA that you want on TNT and TBS, right? So you don't have to pay for cable. Now, if you like football, like most people do, this is useless because through Disney, right? And their ties with ESPN, You'll get Monday Night Football. Fox will provide the Fox affiliate games, but you can't watch Sunday Night Football on NBC and you can't watch any of the games on CBS. And oh, by the way, Thursday Night Football is exclusive to Amazon Prime now. So you can't watch Thursday Night Football either. So like some of the sports, it kind of makes sense, but a sport like football is is dumb, right? Like why... Why would I care, right? And again, I mean, baseball is baseball, right? It's it's dying out anyway. But if you're a Braves fan, I guess this makes sense because all the Braves games are on TBS. So similar to, to the NBA, you can watch all the Braves games on TBS. But if you're one of like the seven Red Sox fans that still exist out there, you can't watch the Red Sox because they're exclusively on Nesson, right? Same thing with the Bruins if you want to go to hockey. Bruins are exclusively on Nesson. So it's not like getting this is going to give you access to Nesson. So, and I would imagine other regional sports networks throughout the country are probably the same. And, you know, you'd be like, oh, well, you know, you can watch them when they're on nationally. Okay, I can watch the Bruins when they're on nationally right now on YouTube TV, right? If they're on ESPN on like a Saturday matinee game, if they're the, they're the, that national game, I just go on YouTube TV and I watch it there, right? So I don't know. I think it's a useless app. It, it has like a very like niche audience and I don't see it being widely successful because it's not complete, right? It only offers 50% of all live sports. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah, I haven't heard about this, so I don't know how like a lot of it works. And it's like, 
is it eventually going to have more, less, not? Yeah, like, are they going to try and make a deal with NBC and CBS? Uh, maybe. Or who knows? Maybe NBC and CBS make a side deal on their own and, you know, add it to Peacock, right? And then, oh, now new Peacock has NBC and CBS, right? You can get all those sports. And it's like, okay, well, now I need two apps, right? If each one is like 10 bucks a month, now it's 20 bucks a month just to watch only sports. You know what I mean? Like it's a very, it's a very niche audience. Again, like I said, because it, it would attract people, I would imagine, right? It, their their demo that they're shooting for is males between the ages of 18 and 35. And even that, I would I would narrow it down even more to single males, right? Between the ages of 18 and 35. Because if you were you know, married or have kids or, you know, wherever, you're going to need more than just live sports on your TV, right? So like me, for example, I'm like, I can't just watch live sports, right? Like we have to have access to the TV for, you know, whatever kids things or Amy wants to watch TV. That's not sports, right? Oh, she's not allowed to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like the, the demo here, again, if I had to guess, would be single males between the ages of 18 and 35, which is pretty narrow, right? And again, why would someone not want to have something like YouTube TV, right? Like why, what's the benefit there? And if it's just cost, you're going to get some people, but like, Again, if they're if NBC and CBS team up and make their own app or like call it Peacock Plus or whatever, um, what's the benefit? Again, if you're spending thirty bucks a month versus seventy five for YouTube TV, yeah, okay, like that's reasonable. But other than that, what's the benefit? I feel like they're starting to get a little too cute with all this stuff. I think they are. Yeah. You know, it's it's eventually going to circle its way back to just being cable, like just get cable at the end of the day, right? I would think, yeah. But I think the street the streaming services are quicker to quicker to adapt than cable will be. Yeah, I, I agree with that. So that's why I don't think cable will ever be like a hundred percent back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, something like a YouTube TV or a Fubo TV. Um, they'll adapt those, faster. Yeah, those are the only two. I think those are the two biggest ones as far as like streaming cable goes. Um, but yeah, I mean, Sling still around. Sling, yeah, I think Sling is still around. I, I think Sling in fucking ages. Yeah, yeah, we had Sling when we first moved to Mansfield, right? And then they dropped Nesson, so we switched to YouTube TV. And YouTube TV dropped Nesson. But then Nesson puts out a press con, uh, like a press release being like, oh, all these places are the problem. And it's like, are they? No. It's probably not. you. I think you're, it's you. Yeah. If you couldn't get you're a deal. You're the only constant. Yeah. You're the only constant getting dropped by these service providers. It's probably you. Like you couldn't reach a deal with Sling, YouTube TV, or Fubo. Like I, it's 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 probably you. It's probably a you problem. Yeah, and you're charging three hundred sixty bucks a year for your streaming service. That's yeah a you for the problem. Yeah, yeah. Oh, get the Nesson Plus app. 
360 bucks a year. 30 yeah. bucks a month. Yeah. No, thank you. You can pound sand. I will sit around and wait for the Bruins to be on national TV. Twitter's good too. In order to watch them. Yeah. And I don't have to watch the Red Sox. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I literally don't care about the Red Sox. So. Um. All right, let's see. Right uh, before we... um. Before we wrap things up here, well, what happened? Oh, there we go. Jeez, my screen was all screwy. Um, have you seen the uh, the Tucker Carlson stuff and Vladimir Putin? So the world is like going insane over Tucker Carlson interviewing Vladimir Putin. He went to Russia. He sat down with them. He did this whole interview, whatever. It's two hours long. He put it on his, his Twitter page because that's his basically his news channel now it's i think it's his what he has his own website and he uses his twitter um i haven't listened to the whole thing but i've seen clips and it seems pretty straightforward like he kind of asked him a couple like tough questions in the clips i saw he was pressing on him to release um a us citizen or a, a, who was a journalist who was held prisoner for seemingly no reason Right. Putin said there was a reason, but, you know, he was receiving classified intelligence or whatever. Um, but it wasn't like a glorified, like, look at this guy, look how awesome he is, whatever. But the mainstream media now has come out and they're losing their minds. Right. It's epic meltdown time. They're calling Tucker Carlson um, for to be tried for treason. Right. There was a couple people that said he shouldn't be allowed to be let back into the country from Russia. Um, people are saying, how could he do this? How, you know, he's just a puppet for Putin, all this stuff. And it's like all of these people clearly haven't either haven't watched the interview or did, and they're just ignoring everything. Because again, I haven't watched it either, but I um shout out to sexy Chris who has, and he said it was fine. You know, he was like, it was just a, like a regular interview. It got kind of like, you know, chippy at times, but like, it wasn't like a big glorified this or that. So I don't know. I, and then, so all these other people are coming out being like, oh, so it wasn't a problem when Barbara Walters interviewed Putin, right. Or when someone else interviewed Putin in like 2016 or something. And then CNN was like, calling for Tucker Carlson's head basically. And then someone posted a screenshot of like in 1999 or 1998, CNN did a full-blown interview with Osama bin Laden. So it's like, oh, but that wasn't treason, right? So it's like all of this shit. And it's like, we can't even have journalism anymore, right? Like we can't even let journalists do their job of interviewing people without letting politics get in the way. But yeah, it depends on what side you're on. Yeah. He's on the wrong team. Yeah, basically. That's all it is. Yeah. I mean, that's effectively what's happening now. It's, it's, you don't think the same way I do, so you did something I didn't like, and now I'm going to say you're a treasonous piece of shit. Yep. I don't know. I just think it's 
it fucking sucks and it's ridiculous and it would be nice if uh we can hurry up and get to november and just get this fucking election thing over with why you think that'll change anything no but i don't know it's not going to change anything no it's not because i think unfortunately the way everything kind of is now we've known this for a while it's the the vocal minority right like all of these things on twitter and and all these like crazy people that are out saying all this shit they're not the majority it's like 10 15 20% tops of people actually think that way and the rest of everyone else is like either too busy with their own shit or like thinks that's over the top right but they just don't care enough or have the time to get involved. So this is what we're left with. They're all fucking puns and it's not going to get any better. No, it's not. But I guess there we have it. You can't even be a journalist anymore. You can't be <laughs> anything anymore. I know, right? There's, It's like everything is a problem. If you don't think exactly the way I think, you're a fucking bigot, racist, treasonous piece of shit. (laughs) So. All right. You want to wrap this up? We can wrap this up. Um, So I don't know if this is old man yells at a cloud or not. It could be. And if it is, that's fine. It's starting to seem like the waste management has jumped the shark. Um, I am all in on what it is, who it's for, and how it works out there. But yesterday, what the big story was, they cut off alcohol sales at... Yeah. Shit, I don't know what time. Maybe like 2.30 three o'clock local yeah, their, their time. Yeah. Yeah. Local. And there were people at the gates that were unable to get in. So I have a couple things. Number one, I don't understand how that works. If people have a ticket, I don't know how you don't let them in. So I don't, I genuinely don't know what the issue was. There. I think, I think as part of it stemmed from the split days, right? So if you had a ticket for Friday, right? Because I mean, we know we've gone to these events. You buy, you can buy a ticket for the day. If you buy a ticket for Friday, right? Like, is that tied to the second round? Like, that might get you access in Saturday morning to watch the the finality of the second round. So then you have those people that just don't leave, right? No one's going around checking tickets once you're in. So, people. so once you get at, like all those people are in, they're just not going to leave. And then you have the people with the Saturday tickets, the round three tickets show up for round three effectively. And now it's like, okay, well, now we have a ton of people here. I think that could potentially be what led to there being too many people there. That's bullshit. If you have a ticket for the day, you should be allowed in. Oh, I agree. 100%. So... Okay, so number one, we've got fucking chaos, like in that sense. Like, yep. there might be more people that they can actually handle now. 
because that's the thing. It is the most attended event of the year, and it right. has been for a while. Um, and I'm not gonna say, "Oh, the kids drink too much." That's what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be a big drunk fest. Yeah, but. People are not able to just get shit faced and not fucking turn it into a big thing. So obviously you had the guy doing snow angels in the bunker. You had someone else got down there and someone was doing like a beer drop to them. Yeah. These people can't control, like these people can't hang. Yeah. And... That's fine, like, if if that's how it's going to be. But uh, the last couple have definitely made me not really want to go. Because yeah, I wanted to go. Last year, there was the streaker on 17 that jumped into the water. Uh, Yeah, if it was, wasn't was 17, but yes, it was. I, I don't know what a hole it was, but yes. Yeah. Someone, they went for a swim. Yeah. And, uh... Yeah, I don't know. It seems like the positives of it would be you hit the green on 16, they cheer, they boo, someone fucking makes a hole in one, they go nuts. Like, yeah, yeah. That shit was cool. I think the play would be, and now I have no idea how much this would cost, right? But if we were to go get a box on 16. Like pay for a suite on sixteen, so they you actually have them. Yeah, yeah, they do. Okay. Um, so you don't need to fight the crowds, right? You don't need to do the whole shenanigans of at five fifty nine a.m. You've seen the videos on Twitter, right? Everyone's lined up, and then they open the gates, and everyone goes fucking nuts. Like you don't need to do that. You can just kind of show up. You don't need to be like part of the actual drunk twenty two year old crowd. Right. Like you can sit in the box and you can enjoy yourself and you can get drunk and you don't have to worry about being a part of all the riffraff. Right. Like you're in your own suite. Again, you can call it, you can call it old man yells at a cloud, which is fine. Yeah. The way I view a suite is my couch would be a nice place too. True. True. Especially because if you, one of, one of my stances, the worst way to watch golf is to be there. Yeah. Absolutely. So, I'm not going there to watch the golf. I'm going there to, or I was going to go there for the fucking, the freak show. Right. And I figured it would be a one and done. They say that about the Kentucky Derby. They say that about uh, Mardi Gras. Like people have told me it about Rome. Go once and you don't really need to go back. Right. Understood. I'm in. But now I'm like, Especially with like the waste management, I'm like, okay, so why wouldn't I just not go to the waste management if I'm going to fly across the country? And why wouldn't I just go play? Especially if you piggyback that off of my professional golf take of late where professional golf sucks. Yeah. (laughs) So why do I want to like, why do I want to get involved with this? Right. So I think it's like a lot of factors. It's not just the drunk fest getting a little out of control. Um, 
It seems like the event's getting a little too big for itself. Yeah, I mean, it does seem like people can't control themselves, obviously. But professional golf kind of sucks. I don't know. Like last year, I was kind of like, this is turning into a little bit of a circus. And now even this year, I'm like, I think I'm good, dude. I yeah. think I'm good. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a fair take. I think I'd rather go play there sometime. I would agree. I think like I would October. also rather play. Yeah, yeah. But even then, people say it's not that cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like if you're gonna go all the way to Scottsdale, like Quintero is way better. Is what like usually yeah. what we're talking about. Yeah. Um. Actually, did you see? Out in Scottsdale, there's a it's an executive course that they can put under the lights, and when they put it under the lights, it's a par three. Oh really? No, I didn't see that. It's called it's called grass clippings. Uh, good, good. Just did a two man uh, scramble there. Now hmm. they were able to play a couple par fours. Um, yeah. But I also saw Bob does sports played. A, uh, they did a video with Johnny Manziel there. Um, that place looks sick. Yeah. Now there's nothing. Now there's nothing crazy about it. It's just a par three course, but it's under the lights in Scottsdale. Like, doesn't seem like a bad take. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I think they're doing. Isn't that the next match? It's Rory Max Homa against, or not? They're they're not teaming up, but it's it's Rory and um, I think Rose Zhang against Max Homa and Lexi Thompson. They're doing a match and it's under the lights somewhere. At, no, it's at some course. I don't know where. I would it's probably not it's it up at a par three course, but it is they I saw a commercial for it the other day. It's on it's uh, and it's under the lights. That would be pretty funny though if it was Max and Rory against Lexi and Rose. That would be fucking hilarious. I mean, I'm sure it would be close. Yeah, just play the tees. If they played the right tees, right? But um yeah <laughs> hopefully rory and lexi thompson are on the same team that way i can just outwardly fucking hate the fuck out of the two of them. <laughs> they can have the lead the whole time and then choke it away at the end <laughs> so uh all right so my final thought is um this colleges are bringing standardized testing back I know we talked a little bit about this in the past about standardized testing is racist, right? Because people right. don't, anything we don't like, we just call it racist at this point. Right. Um, however, Dartmouth, Ivy League school, right? They they recently did a study or like a, like a I would assume like a meta-analysis potentially. And they found that standardized test scoring, let me see if I can... Um, yeah, four Dartmouth professors submitted the results of a study analyzing admissions from years when testing was optional or required. So I think part of the standardized testing become optional other than people just deciding to call it racist was COVID. Um, so because of COVID people couldn't yeah. sit in, sit in a room and take the SATs, right? Cause whatever, cause people were dumb at the time. Um, so SAT scores, ACTs, all those became optional. 
Um, and this study done by professors at Dartmouth found that on average, standardized tests were much better predictors of future college success than other metrics, such as high school GPA. Uh, it also found that test optional policies inadvertently hurt less advantaged students by emphasizing admissions criteria bias towards higher income students, which I guess kind of makes sense, right? Like if you have someone that is, you know, at lower income, right, or from an area that's not great, if they score, well, the, the SATs are back out of 16, right? It's not 20, 21 or 24 anymore. I think it's no, 16. It hasn't been 24 since like we were in school. Yeah. So if someone, if you have someone from like an underprivileged low income area and they score like a 1500, like that's going to help them, right? Like that's going to, you know, open eyeballs to help them get into school. Uh, but if you make tests optional, why would a Harvard just on their own go look for someone in an underprivileged area, right? Like that test score is what's going to pique their interest. So it makes sense when you think of it like that. Uh, so they found that, that that, right? So test optional inadvertently hurt less advantaged students. And in addition, dropping the test requirements did not actually increase applicant diversity because that was the whole standardized tests are racist, right? Math is racist. Testing is racist. Right. Uh, so if you get rid of it, it'll help people. Well, again, these professors at Dartmouth that did this study found that that was actually not the case because for the last four years, testing has been optional countrywide and the diversity did not increase. So uh, in response to that study, Dartmouth has announced that it will reinstate a standardized test requirement making it one of the first elite schools to do so since dropping them. And then they did note that MIT reinstituted the uh the testing in two in 2022 so their official statement is our bottom line is simple we believe a standardized testing requirement will improve not detract from our ability to bring the most promising and diverse students to our campus wrote the dean of admissions so there you have it uh turns out again from ivy league dartmouth that standardized testing is not only not racist, uh, it actually is better, a better indicator of success and also a better indicator to increase diversity and find people from lower income, underprivileged areas. Imagine that. Yeah, who knew, right? <laughs> Imagine that, a stupid fucking policy that people thought made sense actually was the opposite. Yeah, yeah. So, assholes. <laughs> there you have it. Um, so that's gonna do it for us. Uh, thank you for watching. If you're on YouTube, uh, don't forget to click subscribe up above. Hit the thumbs up down below. Uh, subscribe if you're an audio only listener. Uh, whatever platform you're on. Uh, if you use Apple or iTunes, or uh, those are the same thing. If you use Apple or Spotify. Uh, leave us a review and five stars. That would be fantastic. Um, you can get us on Instagram at sarcasm speaks pod. Twitter is sarcasm underscore speaks. Facebook is sarcasm speaks website, sarcasm speaks.com. Go to the merch store, buy some merch. 
And then also take a look in the show notes below and support our sponsors. Uh, you have all the links and affiliate codes and discount codes and everything you need down there. Uh, so go support those guys and then they support us. So it's supporting us by, by, by buying shit from them. Uh, until next time, good night, everybody. Go Niners, but probably going to be the Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs>